Curtis Lewa has reminded me how he tried to save me from the radio chopping block. Today, he says, we are finally even. Here, he explains why. Absolutely, Noam Layden. Uh, in fact, we're going to hold that over to a whole segment, Lou, because there's so much me for me to be thankful for for Noam Layden. That'll be in the next segment. Before I deal with that, though, Noam, I've got to talk about a man who has been jammed up like so many. Jose Alba, right? Remember the Dominican when the when the violator came over the counter and he was arrested by Alvin Bragg and then locked up on Rikers Island for defending himself with a million-dollar bail over his head. Remember, they wanted to jam him up, and when released, he fled to the Dominican Republic. He says it's not safe here. And we know Daniel Penny. And we also saw the young man on the J train who ended up stabbing the violator dead. And he was released by a grand jury in Brooklyn. Now we have another case. Lou marked this down because it involves shoplifting and boosting products, which is at an all-time epidemic level. There's anarchy in the streets of Manhattan. Would shoplifters come in to a CBS, a Dwayne Reed, a Rite Aid, or a Walgreens and tell the cashiers, I'm not going to loot or shoot. I'm just going to ask for my Alvin Bragg swag bag. I'm going to fill them up, and then I'm going to leave in peace. Just know that. But a CBS worker had had enough. Enough was enough. Scotty Enno, age 46 stopped a shoplifter who had repeatedly come into a CVS pharmacy uh, and retail store at Broadway and West 49th. It was 12.30 in the morning the other night. And the thief, who had more than dozens of shoplifting arrests, socked the security officer right in the face as he was confronted. And the worker pulled out a knife, stabbed a man in the torso. The uh, violator was taken to Bellevue where he passed away. Tough noogies, huh? You know, the law of the streets is you try to steal mine, hey, you might end up dead, right? And he did. And police say that his M.O. was he targets CVS and Walgreens. The guy is in and out like he's got an easy pass. He just keeps shoplifting, shoplifting, never gets prosecuted by Alvin Bragg or any of the assistant DAs. And we, uh, we have been told, basically, don't arrest shoplifters. So you say to yourself, what's going on in the city? Didn't Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, hold a summit about shoplifting about two months ago where the only thing that came out of it was, oh, we're going to keep a list of the predicate shoplifters and we're going to check it twice. And they've done nothing since. In fact, a security officer there nearby, Dwayne Reed, said that there's at least 10 shoplifters a day to come in and out while I'm on guard, and they do it with impunity. They know I can't do anything, and it makes me feel impotent. And then shoplifters bother store employees because it puts them in danger and threatens their job. If they come and keep stealing and stealing and stealing, the store is going to close, as so many of them have. Sometimes there are times where people want to 
be extra obnoxious and they want to do it anyway right in front of your face and they say the shoplifters to the security officers to the employees the cashiers you can't touch me there's nothing you can do finally somebody did and he's been jammed up by alvin bragg scotty Eno, never been in trouble before has no crime record age 46 from brooklyn Working a tough job being a security officer in a CBS, a Rite Aid, a Dwayne Reed, or a Walgreens, and being told, you can't stop shoplifting. And then the guy socked him in the face, and he said, enough is enough. I won't let this story go, ladies and gentlemen. I will not let this story go to be continued. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Riffin' Reed. On the streets of the Bronx is where I want to be. Standing on the corner, singing good old harmony. I'll be waiting for the man to come along and discover me. You remember this great, great doo-wop acapella song by Cool Change. Cool Change, which uh, was part of Chaz Palminteri's classic movie about Arthur Avenue, Belmont, with De Niro. And um, when you think of this song, you think of the Bronx. Guys standing on street corners singing doo-wop acapella like it was years ago, going to Roosevelt High School near Arthur Avenue in Belmont, coming back, and then singing, and some went on to have great careers. Now, uh, Justin, if you are on street corner singing doo-wop and acapella, you'd probably be the victim of a drive-by shooting. We just saw, with all the, all the gunfire in the Bronx, the number one problem in the Bronx, crime five-year-old girl shot in a car while they were at a vigil for a gunshot victim from the night before. So imagine even at the vigil, there are guys shooting at people in the vigil. It just shows you how out of control the Bronx is. So I think anybody living in the Bronx, anybody who's lived in the Bronx, anybody who hears the news coming from the Bronx knows that without a doubt, the number one issue is crime. But the second uh, main issue is political corruption, which affects both parties. The largest, most corrupt, obviously, the Democrats, controlled by Carl Hasty, the crooked Speaker of the Assembly who inherited that role from the crook of all crooks, Hyman Roth, a.k.a. Meyer Lansky, a.k.a. Sheldon Silver, 
Thank God you went straight to hell without an asbestos suit, and you're burning down there for your political corruption over the years. But you have a much smaller contingent of Republicans in the Bronx GOP, led by Mike Rendino, a former firefighter. And they are corrupt, too, because it's a one-party system, and you cannot get a fair election in the few places in the Bronx where Republicans might have a chance. And certainly in the 13th uh, City Council District, that opportunity uh, is available because that's a district I won against Eric Adams. Even though there's a two-to-one differential of Democrats to Republicans, I got a lot of moderate Democrats to vote for me, and I won that against Eric Adams. Lost the general election, but won the 13th. And so we've had a very contentious City Council primary where Mike Rendino's sister was chosen to represent the county. I supported George Havernack, and uh, Sid Rosenberg supported uh, Samantha uh, Gerges. Very, very close election. And so Mike Rendino finally was given the opportunity to come on with Sid and friends this morning. He had been given an opportunity during the campaign, but he just chose not to appear. He said what he felt were all the right things, but he didn't address a situation where he disparaged my son, Anthony. And I got to give all credit where credit is due because our news director, Noam Layden, right after that interview, uh, said to Sid, Sid, he lied about that. And so I want to play the tape of when Noam Layden comes in after the interview with Mike Rendino to set the record straight because, yes, Lou, you and Justin Ellick and our family here, our family, you were vacillating on me. You were actually taking a poll. Who do you think is lying, Curtis or Mike Rendino? Yeah, yeah, they were taking a poll, and they were vacillating on me. You traditors, you dirty rat bastards. But then Noam Layden came in, and he had the documentary evidence. Here's what the GOP chairman said to Curtis Lee. What's well, a little hard to make out, but listen closely, and then I can tell you exactly if you don't, if you're unable to make out what he said. I'm a good father, and you're a deadbeat to your special needs kid. So what he said to Curtis is, "I'm a good father. You're a deadbeat to your special needs kid." That's what he said to Curtis. And Noam Layden, I was so thankful that you brought that to everybody's attention because. It took every fiber of self-control that I had in my body not to knock that guy out. You you can say whatever you want against me, but my son, Anthony, who works here, no, you, you recognize it hurt me, but I, I want to thank you for setting the record straight while my family was abandoning ship. Thank you, no. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Uh, also... You pointed out, Noam, how uh, this does not end here because there are certain people who are investigating the GOP chairman of the Bronx, Mike Rendino. Listen. It doesn't really say that Rendino fixed this election. Well, there are people sniffing around. That's what he should know. And at some point, we'll have the truth. And... uh 
The people sniffing around are very obvious on Friday. There were three of us uh, on Rudy Giuliani's show. There was Rudy himself, who remained neutral in this uh, campaign. There was Andrew, who supported Rendino's sister, and me, who supported George. And this was a little bit of our conversation about how the absentee ballot should be counted so that all can see. They're bringing it to New York now. Yeah. You know, Curtis is absolutely right on this, and, and Curtis has uh, outwardly supported George Havernack. Uh, I was on Christy Marmorado's uh, signature on his, her petitions. Uh, and basically, even though we may have had different candidates potentially on this one, I didn't make an open endorsement, but if anything, probably. I've helped Christy a little more just by being on her petitions. The thing that's so important to me, though, is if we're going to make sure that we can trust our elections Please. in the city, in the state, and in this country – and you need to make sure that everybody, that you have every single person's lawyer represented to open up those absentee ballots and to see that. You have to do it. I don't care what the results are, whether it means Christie winning, whether it means George winning. We need to make sure we get back to a place in this country where we can trust our elections. And, Andrew, you have no idea who it's going to benefit. And, Curtis, you don't know who it's going to benefit. No. Then, um, you were correct. Because the three of us have come together to say, well, wait a second. We have absentee ballots. There were 200 that would determine who the winner was. And as Andrew, his own uh, candidate was Rendino, Mike Rendino's sister, said, uh, a representative of each campaign by law is supposed to be entitled to be there when the absentee ballots were opened up. We're all in agreement. Turns out that was never the case. There were two men Make that a man and a woman in the room when the absentee ballots were counted. We were never informed. Nobody was. It was um, a woman named Morales, the Democratic uh, chairperson in charge of the uh, Bronx uh, Board of Elections, the commissioner. And there's a Republican commissioner. And, uh, Noam, do you know who the Republican commissioner of the Bronx Board of Elections is? I do not. Uh, that is Mike Rendino's brother-in-law, who is married to the candidate, Mike Rendino's sister. So these two counted up the 200 absentee ballots without any witnesses, which, when all was said and done, gave a advantage to Mike Rendino's sister, who is slightly ahead. And this is a contentious election. No one, no one has conceded yet. No one has conceded. <laughs> And if that wasn't bad enough, then Mike Rendino uh, professed that he is a selfless uh, servant. He does this to basically serve the community, and he makes no money. Everyone thinks, oh, with this big family, this criminal enterprise, there's no power in politics being a Bronx Republican. We're outnumbered 13 to 1. We're out there every day working for nothing. I'm an unpaid chairman volunteering, building the party. Well, as you know, uh, Noam Layden, my wife Nancy, although medically she has been suffering of late, going to appointment after appointment, she does the deep dive as an e-attorney. And this selfless servant, uh, Mike Rendino, in the John Cummings uh, for Congress campaign of 2020, when he ran against AOC, they raised $11 million. That's double what I raised for me, Noam. Never saw one TV commercial. Never, They never aired any radio commercials. We need to know where the money went. Nancy is researching that, but you check line item after line item. 
$15,000 to Mike Rendino, $15,000 to Mike Rendino, $15,000 to Mike Rendino. And by the way, the guy was telling us at the beginning of that interview that he owns homes in Suffolk, Nassau, Westchester, and the Bronx. Is that correct, Noam? Did you uh, hear that? That is correct. And so finally, um, I look at my uh, text here, and there was a text uh, right after he did the interview with uh, Sid, and he texted at 829. I'm sorry about the disgusting things I said to you. I'm not proud of the way I behaved. Winning this seat is not for my sister but for the district. The party in the Bronx as a whole is the most important thing, and if you would help, I would greatly appreciate it. Because obviously my help is needed there. I, I beat Eric Adams in that district. I, I'm not the one. I don't want the apology. The apology should be for my son, Anthony, that he is disparaged. But then, like 15 minutes later, this is what Sid Rosenberg had to say. Hold on a second. I just yeah. got a text from Mike Randino. Okay. David. All right. I never lied. I told Curtis the truth. He's a deadbeat. And a disgrace. Oh, and it's a disgrace. That is a text from Mike Rendino. Okay. I never lied. I told Curtis the truth. So, Noam Layden, which Mike Rendino is it? The guy who wants me to help his sister get elected in the Bronx, which she needs my help. Or the Mike Rendino who says, no, 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 no. Curtis is a deadbeat with a special needs son. Which one? No. Well, at 8.30, it was uh, the apology, and then at 8.35, you were back to being the guy, the deadbeat dad. Mike, we're coming after you, Mike. You even said, Curtis believes, never forgive, never forget. That's the way I live, Mike. We're going to remove you as GOP chairman. We're going to give Republicans uh, and others an opportunity so that they can be Two parties in the Bronx and not a one-party system where both are corrupt and they scratch each other's bellies. Yeah, Mike. Nice guy, Mike. Why don't you apologize to Anthony, huh? Leave my son alone. It's the Rip and Read. Talking about... Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about... This is the Rip and Read. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC. And Curtis Lewa. Once again, this uh, Rip and Read uh, segment... Of the Curtis Fleewa Show is dedicated to uh, praising Noam Layden, who, again, had a stellar newscast. He uh, went to the breaking news, which was that Alvin Bragg, Manhattan District Attorney's Office, had indicted straw donors who were illegally currying favor with New York City Mayor Eric Adams during the campaign against me. And that six supporters have been indicted. And I said, before I saw any other material, I said to Noam Layden, slowly I turn, step by step. How could Alvin Bragg have, have been privy to this information? Well, it goes back to, if you remember, on November 1st. It was November 1st of 2022. 
And all of a sudden, outside of his house in Rockaway Park. Yeah, Lou, not far from you and two blocks from uh, Sid Rosenberg himself. Detectives from Alvin Bragg's Manhattan District Attorney's Office picked up and took into custody Eric Ulrich, who I've told you all has been crooked for years. He was crooked as the city councilman of that area, the Rockaways, Broad Channel, Howard Beach, Ozone Park. He was crooked when he went to work for Eric Adams in the administration, and they made him the buildings commissioner. Now, that, under normal circumstances, you got to understand, I don't care who the mayor is, Rudy, Bloomberg, uh, de Blasio, Adams, it's the most corrupt agency. They're always The inspectors are always looking for lettuce sandwiches, scout old heroes to make them go away. So you put the uh, fox in the chicken coop, the banana crime family, which uh, which had turned Eric Ulrich into their Maytag because he owned, owned them about $600,000 in gambling debts. The guy's a degenerate gambler. Uh, and the banana crime family controlled his every inhale and exhale. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew it, including Frank Caron, uh, who eventually became chief of staff for Eric Adams' administration for one year, then resigned. Now he's a lobbyist. He's got his beak in the trough as he gets wine dined in pocket line. But before that, he was the fundraiser for Eric Adams' campaign. In fact, he's the fundraiser for his reelection. And I know what exactly happened. So Alvin Bragg's detectives pick up Eric Ulrich and they take his cell phone right away and they they wipe it clean. They take all of his contacts. I mean, (laughs) and they put him in a room and they sweat that Pee Wee Herman down. I mean, this guy wears glasses. He's got the bow tie. He looks like Pee Wee Herman. You smack him around a few times. Good cop, bad cop. Hey, you know. You're in for a lot of trouble, Eric. I'll do whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. Well, you're going to be our confidential informer. You're going to be our CI. We took everything off your phone. We're going to wire you up like a Christmas tree. Oh, please don't arrest me. Oh, I'll never survive in prison. Don't worry about it, punk. But you're going to do whatever we ask you to do. So the very next day, Eric Ulrich returns to City Hall, and everyone around realizes he's like, uh, he's radiating. He's like, uh, if you put a Geiger counter next to him, danger, 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 the guy's wired up like a Christmas tree. So he resigned. I think he's selling insurance out there by you, Lou. Don't, don't buy any insurance from him. Oh, God only knows what he is. Real estate insurance, I forget what. And I warned people, I said, Sid, don't talk to this guy. He's your neighbor. He's wired up like a Christmas tree. On Monday, we'll bring this up. Uh, Joe Borelli insists he told Sid, oh, I talk to him every week. Hey, Joe, don't talk to him. The guy's wired up like a Christmas tree. That's how he avoided going to jail. So now we learn that there are six guys who've been indicted and that... Apparently, this involved two fundraisers. Now, this is the information I don't have. I'm extrapolating. But most of these guys are from the Eco Safety Consultants Firm, which is located at 32-78 31st Street in Queens, where Eric Ulrich obviously held sway as the councilman for a vast uh, area of Queens, and he was a Republican county leader for a while in Queens. So they attended fundraisers, and in addition to them making legal contributions in their own name, which was matched eight to one, 
See, that's the benefit of running in the city. If you're getting city contributions for every dollar you raise, you'll get eight. That's how I was able to make uh, close to $5.5 million and run TV commercials, without which I would there would have been nothing. There would have been Ugats, Bufkis. So they went to uh, employees in their firm and other firms and did what another Democrat did years and years ago in 2013, the other crook, John Liu who's now a state senator at the time, he was the city controller, and he wanted to be the first Asian to become mayor of the city of New York. And he had a lot of a lot of momentum. And then his campaign was cold busted for having straw donors. And who went to jail, who took the rap for John Liu, his campaign fundraiser, and his treasurer, who ended up getting less than a year in jail. And the way you do this is you get people, you claim that they made donations so you can get an eight-to-one match. Maybe they are in your company, so then eventually they go and they check, hey, by the way, did you ever make a donation to Eric Adams? And the employee says, no. Oh, but the boss made a contribution. Or you made the contribution and the boss gave you the money. So let's say you gave $250 to Eric Adams' election effort, but it wasn't your money. You wrote the check so that it would be credited to you so that then they would get the 8-to-1 match, but really the money came from your employer, in this case, Eco Safety Consultants. It was worse in John Liu's mayoral campaign. He should have went to jail because they had donations from people that didn't exist that had Chinese names in Jersey, New York. And so instead of John Liu going to jail, because he should have, he was a crook, his fundraiser and treasurer went to jail. Now we have these six uh, who were indicted. And I'm saying without knowing all the facts, but I will end up learning the facts, that apparently this boils down, Lou, to two fundraisers one of which I believe was in July of 2021 at the Queen's home of the developer Carl Maton. I've actually been to his house before. Nice house. It's right there. You can see LaGuardia in the distance, all the boats. Very nice house. And they had a lot of the builders and developers there, and the co-host was Eric Ulrich, Republican councilman who was promised by Frank Caron, if you could raise a million dollars here in matchable funds, naturally, it's hard to raise a million dollars for a local race, but in matchable funds, eight-to-one match, you could become the building's commissioner for the city of New York. Now, Frank Caron already knew. This guy owed $600,000 to the Bonanno crime family. He was their maid tag. It didn't matter. If you could raise money for Eric Adams, they were going to give you whatever you wanted in return. And eventually he became building's commissioner, which is like putting the fox in the chicken coop. And it was an easy pass for the Bonanno crime family, many of them that are into construction and into development and into demolition, right? I mean, come on. It's a pathway. So think about that. A fundraiser in July uh, hosted by Carl Matone, big developer, and Eric Ulrich, was trying to curry favor with uh, Frank Caron and Eric Adams so he can become the building's commissioner. Now, I got to figure out if the boys from Eco Safety Consultants were there, and that's where they hatched the scheme to begin getting straw donors from within their own company and having others make contributions, and basically they would reimburse them. So they would come up to you, they'd say, Lou, 
I'm going to make uh, you got to make a two hundred and fifty dollar donation to a Curtis Lewis campaign. And Sid would say to you, I'm going to give you the money. Right. This is how short donor campaigns operate. It's illegal. Or you put it in the name of somebody who doesn't even exist. It doesn't. It's a fake person, like in the case of John Lou. Uh the assistant district attorney who's commented on this, I'm sure Alvin Bragg will have words about this later. Oh, Eric Adams is not directly involved. Let me tell you something. Most times the candidate knows what the hell's going on. Are you kidding? Most times the candidate knows what's going on, unless they're still not, unless they're stupid. So how is it that Frank Caron wouldn't know that it was going on? He was... Uh, he was uh, raising money. He was the campaign uh, chairman uh, for the election of Eric Adams. He is now the campaign chairman for the re-election of Eric Adams. They are whining, dining, and pocket lining as they go along making promises to all kinds of people, and especially for that valued 8-to-1 match from city residents. So all roads lead to, I believe, Eric Ulrich, because he would have had all that information on his phone that Alvin Bragg got, to Frank Caron, and to Eric Adams. There's no way that you can extricate them from this. There's no way you can say that on their own, eco-safety consultants and other members who are part of these six went out on their own and got straw donor uh, donations from people who worked for them or people who didn't even exist. We'll get more details later on in the afternoon, but I'm all over this. Again, I advise you, if you happen to know this Eric Ulrich, who still lives in the Rockaways, Lou, please carry this out to sit. Do not have a conversation with him. I'm telling you, nobody goes into a DA's office ready to be arrested, and then they sit him down, and it's called, we make you queen for the day. What can you tell us about other big fish so that we don't arrest you for your gambling debts to the Bonanno crime family and the favors that you were bestowing upon them in order to pay them back? Everybody knows you, the Eric Ulrich story. Do not talk to him on the phone. Do not talk to him in person. I'm telling you, the guy's wired up like a Christmas tree. But, hey, if you want to be stunards, you want to be stupid, go ahead, knock yourself out. Alvin Bragg certainly would love to have a few notches on his belt of Republicans, the few of them that are on the city. So I would say treat uh, treat Eric Ulrich uh, uh, as if he is, um, as if all of a sudden he has Ebola, flesh-eating virus. Stay away from the guy. Because he just wants to kick up more and more information. And I'm going to do the deep dive to see if, in fact, I am correct on this. Uh, Also, uh, we have continued on in our investigation of um, Bill de Blasio and his wife, Charlene, who, uh, you know, claim that they they make up to break up, break up to make up, but they're going to continue to live together. I want to welcome into this investigation Brian Kilmeade, who... Brian, kill me. Sid Rosenberg this morning, the WABC elite anchor, said that they got huge court problems, legal problems, and that they're better off staying together to fight them, I guess, legally, perhaps. So maybe that's the real reason they're not moving out. Eric, would you be able to get on that and work on it in the break? Okay, so we have now Brian Kilmeade on with a commission. So the commission involves Bo Deedle's investigation team. 
Uh, it involves Frank Morano. It involves now Brian Kilmeade and his team. It involves Sid Rosenberg, his wife, Danielle, great attorney, great law firm. She's operating stealth. And it involves uh, myself and my wife, Nancy, great e-attorney. You all need to know that that fake, phony, fraudulent organization created to benefit the de Blasio's Thrive that was supposed to help emotionally disturbed persons but never did over five years, started in November of 2015, spent $1.5 billion of our tax dollars, never helped one emotionally disturbed person, has been now become uh, camouflaged. It still exists. People don't know this. It was renamed the Mayor's Office of Community Mental Health, moved out of its old offices and right into City Hall itself. And under the Eric Adams administration, it still has a budget of $225 million a year. It's thrived by any other name. It's technology. And they're not helping emotionally disturbed persons. I asked our crack News Director Noam Layden to call up the number. Ladies and gentlemen, write this number down, call him up, and ask him, where's the money? Where's the $1.5 billion that de Blasio stole at 1-888-NYC-WELL? That's 1-888-NYC-WELL. And Noam Layden, what response did you get when you were calling 1-888-NYC-WELL? What was the response that you got on the other line, Noam? And Noam's a little slow here. It's like, uh, Noam. Yes. When you called 1-888-NYC-WELL, which is the new Office of Community Mental Health, which is nothing uh, other than the old Thrive, what response did you get? So you get a woman who answers the phone. It's a recorded voice, but it's an English, a woman with English accent, which sort of threw me here in New York City. And they tell you, hold on. If you want, push one, you'll get a counselor. And then they go into 17 other different languages, you know, Chinese, uh, Yiddish, um, uh, Spanish. You get every language and then you get you push that one and they do actually connect you with a counselor. So. Can you please uh, pursue this because they're now spending $225 million a year for the new renamed Thrive program, which is called Eric Adams Office of Community Mental Health. Same old program, same results, nothing. And we got to find out where's all the money. So that's why I say Eric Adams is de Blasio 2.0. The technology continues you guys can run. You can try to hide, uh, thrive by claiming it's the mayor's office of community mental health. They're now spending $225 million of our tax dollars, and they're getting no result, helping no one with bipolar schizophrenia who lives in the subways, walks the streets, or lives in the parks. Check this out. It's the Riff and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Riff and Read. Well, well, well. 
You know, AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the socialists who want to destroy this great country of ours, this uh, state of ours and this city of ours, was having a town hall meeting in Hunts Point in the Bronx yesterday off Barreto Street, right in the building that used to be the U.S. Mint, across from the monastery that had the Trappist nuns who never spoke but always prayed for our sins. And Spotford, the juvenile facility that Eric Adams said that he was housed in as a wayward youth. I don't I never believed that story. Never did. But anyway, it was in the heart of an area that I did drug raids in with the Guardian Angels in the eighties, the age of crack. Eighty nine AOC all out crazy Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was birthed into this world and ended up spending most of her life in the very affluent Yorktown Heights when she was called uh, Sandy Cassio. That's right. Went to Yorktown Heights High School. Didn't live in the Bronx. Had no street cred in the Bronx, unlike J-Lo, right, uh, who was from Castle Hill, legitimately. And so she's always led a fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi life, like she's tough, she can deal with anyone. So I went, as I told all of you, I would. It was homecoming for me in Hunts Point, Brian and Seneca. Like I said, I used to deal with the drug boys there. I mean, let's face it. I used tactics to strip them of their drugs, basically rob them, and then give it to food kitchens nearby. And the new Fort Apache on Longwood always used to look the other way. It was out of control. It was anarchy. It's getting bad now. You're going to see videos that I have posted up of me dealing with the hookers who've returned. Uh, the drug dealers, the drug users, the tweakers who are meth heads, the crackheads, and just the street thugs. I'll be posting that up. But you got to go to the 77 WABC radio Instagram page, and you can see outside of the town hall meeting because AOC wouldn't allow me in. AOC told the cops of the uh, NYPD, you cannot let Curtis Lee win. They let everybody else in. But they wouldn't let me in. So I went out and I hung out with my homies in the streets of the Hunts Point that I know real well, like the back of my hand. What were you afraid of, AOC? All out crazy. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of those who want to defund the police, remove police, release criminals. This is just the first of many confrontations to come. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 